1: Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Passing Shot. It's Serena Sharapova in round one of the US Open. Djokovic lands Danger Man Medvedev in his quarter, whilst Andy Murray heads to Mallorca for the Rafael Nadal challenger. Kim it's that time of year again when we head to the Big Apple for the final Grand Slam of the year of course Novak Djokovic and Naomi Osaka won the singles trophies last year but who will it be this year we've just had the draws today and Kim I'll be honest this Grand Slam it's kind of just snuck up on me
2: I know exactly what you mean Joel because I feel like Wimbledon finished about two days ago and lo and behold here we are on the uh, week before the US Open. But I do have a nice big pot of uh, mint tea for whilst we're recording this episode to keep us going. Well, to keep me going, you're not in the same room as me. Um, so <laughs> you'll just have to like look at my nice cup of tea lovingly from across the,
1: the screen. <laughs> I love how you've prepared for our US Open preview pod with like a, a nice British cup of tea whereas (laughs) i have gone from the complete opposite approach and have had i basically necked a, a can of red bull uh like 15 minutes ago so i'm really pumped up really hyped for this episode because we've got lots to talk about on the men's draw and the women's draw um and we've also got lee um, at tennis on Telly on Twitter, joining us uh, to keep fans updated um, on how they can keep up to date on like TV coverage uh, during the Grand Slam because I know there's a lot on. Um, and we're also going to introduce a new section because Kim, you know, we have terrible predictions, and we're just going to spice it up and, and basically involve our, our fans a bit more.
2: Yeah, exactly. So we'd, we'll introduce <laughs> that a bit later on. Um, but let's begin on the men's side of the draw. So I guess the biggest uh, thing that everyone wants to know when the men's draw is released is what side of the draw will, you know, Federer land in, basically. And, well, this time around, he's landed in Djokovic's half. So we've got Federer and Djokovic in the same half of the draw. And then Rafa's on the other half with Dominic Thiem, who is still fourth seed, Um so yeah, I guess Djokovic has got the kind of short straw in that in that respect.
1: Just just on that note, I thought it was hilarious, Kim, on Twitter. A lot of people were making a point that the actual the U.S. Open draw is not done live in front of uh, the public like it's done at other Grand Slams like Wimbledon, and there was plenty of like conspiracy theories on why that is, suggesting that oh uh, the draw's rigged because the U.S. Open organizers definitely want Federer and Nadal to to meet be basically the final. not before the final. Fu- <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, well they've so, never played um, at the US Open, so it it's you know, have they never? but then No, they've never played at the US Open. But surely you'd want them to be in the same semi then, you know, the same half because they'd got more chance of meeting uh, meeting each
1: other in the semis than in the final. Well, that that, that that's what I was going to say people were thinking that the organizers would want to put them in the same half, hence hence why they would kind of don't want to do it live in front of an audience, but Alas, he has fallen into Novak's, Novak's half. And, you know, if we look at the big three and their potential roots, um, you know, I think you'd say... I don't... To be honest, I think maybe, yeah, Novak's got the slightly harder draw, but I don't think any of them are, like, too too ridiculous. What, what, what do you think?
2: No, I think Djokovic has probably got the tougher um, draw after round four onwards. So his early rounds... He opens against Carballe's Baena Then he's got Querrey Londero, then Lajovic. But round four, hot's up. Possibly Stan Wawrinka, who we know has beaten him at Flushing Meadows before. Um, and actually one of our listeners, John Wooders, he thinks that Novak is going to go out to Stan when he saw the draw. Um, but interestingly, quarterfinal, Medvedev. So he is, you know, the new world number five, danger man, man of the moment, three straight finals, one title, You know, he's on a rampage and he's beaten Novak twice this year, including their last meeting. So that match, I I would love to see. I would love to see what Medvedev Medvedev can do, you know, on the Grand Slam stage. I mean, will it all just be a bit too much? There's going to be a lot of hype, isn't there, if if that match does happen? Mm.
1: I, I agree. It's going to be Medvedev now is in the public limelight. Going into the US Open. I don't think he's reached the second week of a Grand Slam. So I think it will be a different a different challenge. Yes, he's the informed player, but I think now he's got that, yeah, there's an element there that he's gonna have to deal deal with this pressure as, you know, he's, he's now the, the world number five and arguably he's probably the the most likely player to take out one of the, you know, the big three um, you know, going into going into the Grand Slam.
2: Yeah, I could see him, say, for example, taking out Djokovic, but whether he would then back that up, you know, with a win against, say, Federer in the semi, that's another matter entirely again. I mean, let's look at Federer's possible route. He opens against a qualifier, then he's got Damir Dumza, Luka Pui, Goffin Nishikori. I mean, Pui, Goffin Nishikori, okay, they're on their day, great players, you know, could set the world alight. Goffin got to the Cincy... Yeah, he got to the Cincinnati final...
1: Yeah, I mean, we did acknowledge his kind of route was a little bit like a 250 as opposed to a, a Masters <laughs> 1000. But
2: With all possible respect to Goffin there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very um, re- predictable, perhaps, you know, Nishikori, Goffan. So I think out of the top three, um, Federer's probably got the easiest. But let's look at Rafa's quickly. He opens against John Millman, who is the player that beat Federer. Was it the fourth round last year in that sort of five setter?
1: So that's a bit I of a, like you know, we, we, bit of history we there. I feel like we brushed that under the, under the cover a bit. I feel like we've forgotten about that, that actually happened.
2: Yeah, but Federer was struggling a bit, I think. Wasn't he sort of very hot and bothered? You know, he doesn't normally get all sort of sweaty and there was something going on. I don't think he particularly felt himself. But having said that, I mean, uh, we'll, let's have a look at Rafa's. Kokinakis, second round. So I think he got a wild card, didn't he, Kokinakis? And, you know, he's been obviously out for ages of injury. But possibly Vidasco round three and then Chilic or Isna round four. So big servers. Then quarterfinal, Karen Kachanov might be uh, a bit dangerous or possibly Sasha Zverev. But I don't particularly think Zverev will get that far. And then in the semi, well, it could be any one of team Tsitsipas or Roberto, Bautista Agut. I mean, there's not really a clear, a clear favourite for the semi-final. I think in, in Rafa's half of the draw... I mean Dominic team, yes, fourth seed, but I wouldn't count on him getting to the semis by any chi- by any means.
1: Yeah, and and just on Z- on Zverev as well, I would be very impressed if he got to the the quarterfinals. I can certainly see that more happening with Kachanov. Chilich round four, Isner round four. I mean, you know, Isner, you know, Isner. I'm not sure about and Chilich has not been in a good run of form lately. I know he's, I know he's got kind of pedigree at the at the US Open so you know he's a former champion (laughs) to be fair yeah, yeah but yeah I know exactly
2: what you mean it's kind of will they won't they but yeah I mean Patricia Lowe one of our one of our followers she said there was a few banana skins in Rafa's draw and also Novak so I think you know potentially um some some upsets but let's move on to some of the other seeds um there's some real tasty matches actually in the first round um, Stefanov Tsitsipas obviously hot on everyone's kind of radar. He's opening against Andre Rublev who is obviously a recent conqueror of Roger Federer in uh, Cincinnati. So that one kind of got my attention when I saw that on the draw. Um, and I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rublev actually won that because Tsitsipas hasn't been playing particularly amazing of late.
1: Yes. And Tsitsipas' draw is actually a bit of a shocker even if you look if he got past Rublev, he could play Gilles Simon in round two, Nick Kyrgios in round three, and then he could follow that with Bautista Agut or Berrettini in round four. So that is a very tough opening week against players who've, you know, either, you know, on their day could be anyone or players who, you know, have done really well for themselves, um, you know, in, in recent Grand Slams. Bautista Agut and Berrettini had good runs at Wimbledon. So, yeah, I think, and I wouldn't be surprised if Sissipas is one of the, you know, the biggest seeds to to fall, you know, to fall in week one.
2: Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, We've also got a Canadian battle with Felix Auger-Aliassime against Denis Shapovalov. That's round one for the second year in a row, apparently. So... I think they drew each other in in the first round last year it's a bit like um Grigor and Stan always getting <laughs> drawn together which incidentally they have not uh, got each other in the first oh, round for once that's much to Grigor that's Dimitrov's delight I think <laughs> um but yeah talking of Nick Kyrgios he's got Steve Johnson in the first round so I mean I just don't know what to expect from Kirios, so anything
1: could go down in that match. Straight sets, straight sets victory, I think, for uh, Steve think Johnson there.
2: For Steve yeah, Johnson? Definitely. Ah, oh. well. Well, was it Phil's favourite player, Steve Johnson? Yeah,
1: well, you know, our <laughs> listeners you know, our listeners probably would have known if they'd listened to our um, if, fan if favourites episode, I kind of said that Steve Johnson was a budget uh, Mardi Fish and he's gonna make I you eat, eat got, your
2: words, Joel. He's got
1: yeah, he's got perfect platform here to uh to, yeah, to make me eat my words. So let's see, let's see what you can do.
2: <laughs> so let's have a look at the Brits and who they've got in the first round. So we've got um Dan Evans against Adrian Manorino. I think that's quite winnable for Dan. I mean, you know, Manorino, he's good on a grass score, but you know, I'd go for Dan on this one. Carl Edmund against Pablo Anderha. Again, winnable. Uh, Cam Norris got to qualify, so that could be anyone right now. Um, so, yeah, I think not too bad. But, I mean, if you look a bit a bit further ahead, should, should they get there, Dan Evans could, I think, face Federer in the third round. And then Kyle could possibly play team. So, I mean, I think if they were both to get to the third round, that would be almost a victory in itself um, in terms of kind of the form that they're in and stuff. But, um, and also just to note, James Ward has just lost in uh, quality, so he will not be joining them in the main draw. So it'll
1: just be the three of them. Yes. And I think, I mean, I remember when we did this, uh, we did our preview last year and we were talking about, I think Kyle Edmund faced, was it Paolo Lorenzi in, in in the first round Oh did he
2: lose last year round? and he lost and oh, it was my really de- days. Okay. it was really
1: depressing so I'm oh, hoping gosh. I'm hoping Anderhard doesn't pose uh as many problems <laughs> as you know Paolo Lorenzi but um I am a bit I'm a bit wary when I saw that it be I thought, now. Yeah, yeah I was like oh, banana that's fine.
2: Yeah that's banana <laughs> skin gosh Kyle probably needs Kevin Anderson again and then he can all go all the way to the semi-finals. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, aside from the Brits, there are some pretty cool first rounds as well. And I was looking through the draw. So I was quite excited by a bit of Taylor Fritz, Feliciano Lopez. See if I was attending in person, I would probably head for that match. You know, home favourite, young up and coming player mm, against, definitely. You know, Deliciano. Um, Andreas Seppi against Grigor Dimitrov. I think that's got five sets written all over it could be a marathon match yeah,
1: yeah. and then I also just start start with the uh, fifth set
2: yeah exactly fifth set shootout tip Sarovic against Dennis Kudler so this is I think tip Sarovic's last US open because he's announced that he's finally retiring Um and I also thought well Pablo Cuevas Jack Sock that could be quite entertaining as well
1: I, I really I I think Jacks I know yeah, Jack Sock's just coming back well, from injury but I think Cuevas will i think that'll be three sets annihilate him
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be six love six one six one and then i'll just be like what was i thinking um <laughs> but anyway i'm just pleased that riley Apelka does not have john isner in the first round he's got fabio fognini so that might liven his match up a bit
1: <laughs> that would be a in, that will be an interesting battle actually if uh yeah, I feel, Fognini. I feel like that could go to. I feel like that could go to five, five sets actually. Um, and yeah, and Kohlschreiber Cole Shri- Cole Pui as well. That I mean, Kohlschreiber is such an experienced player. Like I think that yeah, he could take Lucas Pui in that in that match. Hmm. Yeah, I like a bit of Kohlschreiber.
2: So, Joel. I mean. Based on a little bit of analysis of the draws, are you going to make a prediction or two, or are you just going to going to wait and see? Well, I mean, I think I think you should. I think we both need to kind of risk it. Yeah. Put so our, I think our money on the line.
1: Of, yeah. So I think in terms of, I'm just going to give you a winner of the tournament, and then we're all going to laugh hilariously how <laughs> bad my prediction is. Like two weeks later. Um, what Zhao <laughs> Well, I was going to say <laughs> Malik Yaziri, but he went out in the first round of oh, qualifying. So, uh, of course, you know. he did. But um, no, in all seriousness, I think you know, for me, I think Novak. I I can't look past Novak Djokovic. Um, I think you know, he's just a different beast come to come to Grand Slams, and I think he will have that battle with Medvedev. But I expect him to come through that in a in a best of five format and. Yeah, I expect him to to take the title. Um, I'm expecting, you know, Djokovic Federa rematch. I can't. I think Federer's most likely chance of of beating Djokovic was on grass courts. So I can't really see an upset there if if Federer does get to the semi final. And yeah, I just think I just think Novak for me is is the favourite, and I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna back him. What, what about you, Kim?
2: Yeah, well, also, I mean, Federer having had those championship points at Wimbledon, if they were to meet in the semis, that's got to be in his mind, surely, you know, playing Novak again I just I think that's going to be quite difficult for him to kind of get past that Um, yeah I I'd certainly see Djokovic and Federer in the semis I see Rafa in the semis for me perhaps the most interesting thing to predict is who will be in the semis from the other segment of the draw because I'm not particularly confident about team or Sitsapas making it that far So I've actually gone for Roberto Bautista Agut to make his second semi-final in a row. Wow! Just looking through the names in that segment, I just think he is going to like diligently battle his way through the draw. (laughs) Um, You know, he's a
1: very sort of reliable player. He's going to diligently battle through the draw on like court ten with no one, no one watching him. And then it's all of a sudden, (laughs) and then all of a sudden he's going to be in the quarterfinals, and and people are going to be like. Oh, Batiste he's still in the, the US Open.
2: <laughs> but for my winner, I've actually gone for Rafa and I I think that's obviously wishful thinking on my part, but you know, he won uh Coupe Rogers. He played super well at Wimbledon until he met Federer. And I just I don't know, I just there's something in me saying that Rafa might do quite well. I think the only thing that would stop him is injury or his body um but having said that I contend that if Djokovic you know can get through Medvedev Stan that would actually hold him probably in better stead if it came to say a final you know against Rafa or something and I think you know actually having a, a tougher draw can obviously actually help in the long run but um that that's kind of my I'm just going to put it out there yeah Rafa why not um <laughs> but Let's go on to our new segment, which, Joel, we're going to call Collector Set,
1: is it not? Tentatively titled Collector Set, because I couldn't think of a better name. (laughs) Uh, But yes, we we acknowledge, listeners, that our predictions are normally terrible. And, you know, I get quite a lot of comments being like, actually, Joel, my predictions are way better than yours. So we want our fans to get in touch with us and let us know where they think these players are going to get to in the U.S. Open. And there's going to be six players, three from the men's draw, three from the women's draw. Um, and we've handpicked these players, haven't we, Kim? Um, so drum roll, uh, our three players we want you to have a think about how, how far you think they're going to get in the U.S. Open are Alex Ferev, Nick Kyrgios, and Daniel Medvedev. So if you want to have a look at the draws, um, look at their potential routes. Have they got any banana skins? Um, and yeah, make a note of how far you think they're going to get in the US Open. We're going to do the same thing and put that up on our Twitter um, tomorrow. But Kim, have you got any, any thoughts, any any initial thoughts on, on Zverev, Kyrgios and Medvedev? Round one, round one, round one. Uh no, I think
2: I think hey, zverev has <laughs> got Radu Albot first round. So I'm I'm gonna say ooh second round Zverev maybe? Maybe he'll lose to Francis TfO in four sets in the second round. Um, Kyrgios, okay. well Kyrgios Sitsipas, third round. Sitzipas maybe would get that Ch- one. So Kyrgios third Ch- round. Medvedev, oh I mean caught for like let's just yeah let's say he's going to back it up and get to the quarters. I'll have a think.
1: We'll put it on our Twitter tomorrow, but that's just some initial I mean, thoughts. Kim, I'm just looking. I mean, Kirios is in that Dominic team half. I mean, looking at the, to the draw, semis
2: I mean, he, he could, do. If, he he could behaves, if he behaves if he could get, to the semis.
1: He get. He could get defaulted as well because uh, he you could. Know, it's yeah. so it's so open to interpretation. So you know. You, for listeners you could just put what round he's going to go out in if you want to say that he's just going to get defaulted you know be be my guest um predict let us how know what much you think. um
2: how much money will we find across <laughs> yeah, the tournament yeah. closest uh like nearest five thousand dollars gets like a prize or something
1: Yeah, i mean we actually, don't actually let's do have that's... a prize but we could
2: create <laughs>
1: one <laughs> Yes. Um but yes, uh so um yeah, let us know what you think. Um how you think Alex Ferev, Nick Kyrgios and Daniel Medvedev will get on um uh, by tweet by tweeting us uh, at Passing Shot Pods um or use the hashtag Passing Shot Pod and we're going to see if anyone any of our listeners can uh collect a set can get all 6 correct answers Um, but yes me and Kim will put our our definitive uh, opinions up uh, tomorrow on Twitter so look out for them Um, so yes before we get on to the women's draw let's have a quick ad break so Joel
2: round one US Open I guess everyone's talking about Serena Williams versus Maria Sharapova a lot of people saying that that was a fixed draw. <laughs> what do I mean, you make what, of that? What I mean, a match-up. I know, in amazing. In 2009,
1: huh? maybe. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, is this actually as exciting as it sounds? Because they've played, what, 21 times, but has- Sharapova's only beaten Serena, well, was it just the one time in that Wimbledon final? She's not She's not beaten her since, has she?
1: I mean, a lot of people kind of talk about the rivalry between Serena and Sharapova as a almost a non-rivalry because you know the the head to head is so one sided in terms of S- C- serena williams it's like yes they are two massive names but i can't you can't i can't you can't really see even in a potentially injured serena williams i can't see her losing i guess the i guess that is the probably the question is you know how fit is serena williams going into going into the us open i think that will be probably the biggest factor in that match
2: well, thing is also how fit is Sharapova because she hasn't played in mm-hmm. in a while. She's been on and off, you know, well, since she kind of came back from her drugs ban with, was it still a shoulder injury, I think. So, uh, I mean, that's probably going to be what a night session, you know, isn't it? But whether it will actually be good quality tennis is another matter. I mean, I do expect Serena to come through that one, but that certainly has lit up, you know, the draw in terms of matchups. So, I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, it's kind of fascinating that, you know, a former Grand Slam final would be first round of a of a Grand <laughs> Slam many years later. Um, let's just have a quick look at some of the other top seeds and what what they've got. So, I mean, pretty straightforward matches, I think, for, for the top two seeds. Naomi Osaka opens against Blinkova and Ash Barty will open against uh, Zarina Diaz. So I would expect both of them to come through those. Quite comfortably, and then also third and fourth seeds Pliskova and Hallett. They will open up against qualifiers. So I don't see any of the top four seeds losing first round. But
1: I stranger mean, things yes, have happened. I, I, <laughs> I agree, but looking at Ash Barty's route to the final, I think she's got a bit of a nightmare draw. To be honest, I mean she could get Sakari in in round three, Kerber round four, followed by Serena in the quarterfinals. And then, you know, you take your picks, so Svitolina, Pliskova, Kenning or, or Madison Keys in the semi-final. I think that's quite a tough, I think that's quite a tough ask.
2: Well, also Lauren Davis, second round, possibly. And, you know, she's been known to knock out <laughs> top players in her time. She did it at Wimbledon. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, depth in women's tennis is crazy. Like, I mean, Barty probably does have the tougher draw of the two. If you look at Osaka's roots, you know, round one blink for round two... Sharma all in there and then Suarez Navarro your favorite in round oh, three possibly. or a bit of Coco Making... Goff she might be a round three matchup that would be that would be a bit, that bit would... tasty um then Benchich, Burton's and then you know you go onto the semis with possibly Halep or Andreescu or Kvita or Stevens I mean it's kind of it's so hard to predict it's it's there's so many names just in the in there it's ridiculous um I mean, Serena as well. Yes, there is a big question about her fitness. Uh, you know, she retired after what a couple of games in the Rogers Cup final, pulled out of Cincinnati. So, yeah, Sharapova first round. She could play Casey McNally second round and she's an up-and-coming American. She had quite a good um, run of form, didn't she, at oh, one of the American tournaments recently. Sue Weishay, third round possible uh, match love- bit tricky. I feel th- like that Sue would Wei-Shay. be
1: the most... I feel like that's like the most complete opposite in styles. You've got yeah. like the power of Sharapova versus like spin, side spin and like placement and top spin and slice and whatever. All the trickery of Su Wei Sh- Shui? Shui, I think. Ah, Shay. I don't think it's a
2: Shui. I think it's more of a Shay. <sighs> But I apologise, okay. listeners, if we're still wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Serena Barty quarterfinal. I think that's that. That would be quite interesting. Um, but Halep's draw perhaps is the easiest. I don't know. Kozlova second round, Stritzkova, round three, but but Andreescu round four. I feel like the winner of that match could go all the way, Halep or Andreescu. That could be a decisive match.
1: Yes, and also uh, that is. Uh, I think she's got two potential blockbuster matches there. Halep Andreescu round four, but also could have a Halep. I have a Halep Stevens or Halep Kvitova quarterfinal, which would, which both of those matchups, I would, you know, if I was in America, I would pay good, I would pay good money to be on the front row for, because I think those would be excellent, excellent uh, matches.
2: Absolutely. I mean, Um, no one's really talking about Karolina Pliskova, are they? She's the third seed, but she's sort of being lost (laughs) in the conversation because I think that you know, aside from Osaka and Barty and Halep. Serena, the people that on are on our minds are Bianca Andreescu and, I don't know, like Sofia Kennan because they just seem to be the ones with more form and more kind of oomph, <laughs> for want of a better word, going into it. So, Joel, talking about cracking first-round matchups, I think my most kind of favourite has got to be Sabalenka Azarenka, Battle of the Belarusians, Um, You know, talk about Azarenka not getting a decent draw, you know, so she can go deep in a slam. And she gets Sabalenka first round, who, you know, has actually been in a bit better form of late. So it's, that's going to be really interesting. I think that could be a a bit of a a tough one.
1: Yes. And didn't, didn't Sabalenka have a really good US Open last Last year? year? Yeah,
2: well, the last of, the last, last year... The end of the year, she was kind of on fire, and she almost beat Osaka. I think was it in the fourth round? And yeah, yes. That you know Did was
1: very pivotal. We we said that match was potentially going to be decide who was going to win the, the, the tournament, tournament. I think. Oh, and, what insight we had! Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I think that our predictions went downhill from there. But um, <laughs> but I, I feel like Sabalenka's stock has fallen. I mean, maybe it peaked then and has fallen a little bit, and now it's it's on the rise. Uh, again, once more, um, and yeah, Azarenka will be looking at draw, wishing, ah, oh, can't you just give me a qualifier?
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sabalenka, you know, she might really love the courts of Flushing Meadows; it might sort of fall into place for her again. You know, last year, but we'll see. I mean, I would like both of those players to go really deep, so it's it's a bit, you know, tricky. I Don't know who to support. Um, but also, Garbina Muguruza has Alison Risk, which is, you know, um, just quite an interesting match. Obviously, Risk, good form at Wimbledon. Not the same on a hard court, perhaps. But Muguruza, just, you know, very limited form at the moment. So, I mean, again, I can see either one of them winning that. Uh, Sophia Kennan has Coco Vandeweghe. I mean, I've got to see Kennan coming through that, but obviously an All-American matchup. And then we have Maria Sakara against Camilla Georgie. Now, these were two of our kind of WTA fan favourites, and... Lo and behold, they've been drawn against each other. Also, Angelique Kerber, Christina Malizenovic. That's a pretty good first round as well. Um, you I, know, if you're again, if you're a casual tennis fan, perhaps that's one you would go to if you were live uh, yeah, on site.
1: And given kind of Kerber's recent form as well, I think there'll be a lot of eyeballs on that match. And you know, again, kind of with I guess the Sissi draw, I think you look at Kerber as a one of the one of the bigger seeds, probably one of the. I would, I would actually say probably one of the favourites to. You know, I would not early. be surprised if she went. Yeah, I would not be surprised if she went early, um, early doors in, in first week one because. Yeah,
2: potentially.
1: I'm also excited to see how many double faults Camilla Georgie serves in in that match against Sakari because we all. We all know Georgie uh, loves a double fault on a tennis court.
2: And we all know that you love to bring that up in the podcast, <laughs> oh,
1: Yes, <laughs> And we also know that Alex Verev took lessons from Camilla Georgie uh, last week uh, against, <laughs> against Bastashvili, I think. Um, but uh, yes, I am excited for that. Uh, Nicolescu Jastrzemska as well. Jastrzemska, uh, another dangerous player. You don't want to play um, early rounds. Um, yeah, I think she's I think she might be even a, a dark horse for the you know, for week for week two, definitely.
2: I would agree, definitely. And also let's just quickly talk about Coco Golf, because obviously she's in her second Grand Slam of the year. Home been given Grand a wild Slam. card. Yeah, first time at the US Open, given a wild card. She opens against Anastasia Potapova. Um I think that's winnable. I think that's winnable for Coco Goff. Interestingly, she was playing Ash Barty in an exhibition match at Winston-Salem this week and she actually beat her. Um, I mean, I know it's an exhibition, so you can't really read too much into it. But I mean, you know, Coco Goff mania is is happening. It's going to continue to happen. I mean, especially if she goes deep in in this tournament. I mean, she would potentially have Carlos Suarez Navarro second round, Naomi Osaka third round. I mean, I would love to oh, see Osaka off. That, that would, would be, be fabulous. Yeah, that would
1: be an epic third round match. I would. I mean, as much as I love to see CSN get to third round, fourth round, and then lose in straights, and you know, reach her reach her ceiling, and then and then lose, I'd I'd love more to see. Yeah, Coco Golf Osaka because that is a uh, yeah. I I who knows who knows what we could be in store for there. So um yeah, excited to see how Coco Golf handles. You know the added pressure now i guess an expectation on her given a breakthrough at wimbledon you know i think she's gonna have to go out there and and basically you know tell her critics like that wasn't a flash in the pan moment she'll be striving to achieve that and she can do that by you know pulling a string of results together because you know I, i think you know she's not actually been on court that much since wimbledon because I think because of lots of she different can't. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she can't, but
2: also when she has played, you know, she has lost. But um, one person that I'm really not too hopeful for is Joe Conta, though. She has a bit of a measly draw. She's playing Daria Kazakina in the first round. And Jo just hasn't been in very good form. She's lost to players ranked a lot lower than her. In the run-up, she, you know, she's only played two matches and lost them both since Wimbledon. So I really don't know what to expect. Really, Kazakhina isn't ideal. Um, even if she got through that, she could end up playing Von Druseva, who, of course, beat her in the semi-finals of the French Open. So oh, it's just, it's just um, all out there. I mean, maybe going in with no expectations is is the best uh, the best thing, really. Tim, where?
1: <laughs> Where is your sense of optimism? i think I think Joe has kind of proven that she is a player for the big occasion, and i'm I'm ready for her to spring back into life on on the Flushing Meadow hardcourts. Um, I think, yeah, I genuinely think like, regardless of the her form kind of going in, she's proven that you know she's got the appetite for the big stage and can play well you know, at Grand Slam what level and kind of handle that, you know, pressure and expectation. So, you know, I think there is it's cause for optimism, but at the same time, yeah, kasatkina is, is not someone you wanna start off with. I think, you know, she would have preferred to have us that sort of match up, you know, with a few, you know, with a potentially with a few other wins under her belt.
2: Absolutely. And then just a couple of other matches that I sort of picked out. Sai Sai Zheng or Zheng Sai Sai um, plays Venus Williams in the first round, and uh, Zheng Sai Sai recently won the San Jose tournament. So, I mean, that could go either way, couldn't it? And then the winner of that actually would play most likely Alina Svitalina in the second round, which is insane. Um, and then also Svetlana Kuznetsova, of course, recent Cincinnati finalist. She opens up up against Christy Arn. I think she's a a wild card, but she might play Lone Stevens in the second round, uh, just looking at the draw. So that again, second round, that could go either way. And then, I mean, I was just looking at Caroline Wozniacki's draw. She's got Yafan Wang first round. I I would see Wang uh, winning that one because Wozniacki has been in pretty horrendous form lately, so I don't expect her to to go very deep. Um but yeah, it's just some matches that I'm sort of gonna have my eye on for sure when it when play gets underway uh on Monday.
1: And Kim, I don't know if you saw earlier in the week, uh Zheng Sai, Sai has uh she has her dog, I think follow her on tour. Aww. and and the US Open actually accredited her dog. Her dog's got like the her that um their own little like pass to put around the neck. Um, you can see it on her on her Twitter, which I thought was hilarious and adorable, and would never happen at Wimbledon. Because has it would uh, be t- Lady katie got a, a backstage wow. pass
2: as well? Who, Kevin Anderson? Who stuff. knows?
1: I, I I would assume so. Maybe they have like their own sort of they have their own like dog lounge. Yeah, dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dog, dog handlers
2: can uh, have like a dog crash, and they can take yeah. you for walks around the grounds. <laughs> Oh, that'd be sweet. I mean, okay, so Joel, right. Time to make some predictions, terrible or otherwise. Who do you have your eye on for the title, for the women's title? Shall I, should Andre- I go first on oh. this one? Were you just yes, going to say go on. Andreeski
1: then? I was going to say Andreesk.
2: Ah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, I had to get that in there Okay, so what, is she your pick you? for the title? Mm, yes, I think... Is going mean, go all the way? Osaka showed us last year that you can... Win the U.S. Open. U.S. Open is one of those titles that you can win as a first. You know, it can be your first, first, your first Grand Slam. And I think Bianca Andreescu has been in cracking form, coming back from, you know, coming back from injury. And yeah, I I think of, I kind of think of all the players out there. I'm I'm really excited by Andreescu, and I genuinely think that she's got the. The tools and the capability to really already at a kind of, you know, her, her age to kind of, yeah, take, take it to, you know, the, the top, the top players. And I kind of, yeah, I kind of see her just kind of going really deep into the tournament. And I can't, I, I genuinely, I can't, I, I think she'll get to the final. Mm.
2: Yeah. I mean, if it was like a fantasy football team, you know, she'd be the player, like coming up with the most like, <laughs> in form, you know, points, wouldn't she? Um, like the dream team. So I, I've i got her in my final four. I've got her... What side of the draw is she on? Let me just have a quick look. Yeah, I've got her in the final, I think, against Serena Williams as my little prediction. Um, and I've also got uh, Sophia Kennan in the semis against Serena. And then, yeah, I've got André And then I've gone a bit rogue for my other semi-finalists. I've gone for Annette Contivate, the 21st (laughs) seed. Wow. (laughs) Just because she's actually been... She narrowly lost to Ash Barty in Cincinnati. And I think she lost to Pushkiver in uh, Toronto. But I don't know. I just have a feeling that she might do something. So (laughs) uh, we'll see about that one. But I, I kind of... If I... I just for my winner, I kind of have have gone for Serena. Just I don't know. I feel like it's got to happen at some point. She's got to get a slam after coming back. I just like why not? I'm just gonna I'm just
1: gonna put it out there and, and go for her. Um, I just think there's too much <laughs> of a. I think there's just too much of an injury cloud over Serena Aww. at the moment. I can't <laughs> I can't see her. You know, having not really played. You know, Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, to come back and then win seven matches in a row and win a grand slam. Yeah, but she
2: did get to the final of the Rogers Cup. So yeah. and then she just got those back spasms. But apart from that, I think her knee was okay. And you know, she just plays herself in. I mean, she did get to the Wimbledon final, Joel. So okay, it's not like she okay. can't get to the final. But it's just what <laughs> she does in that final. But Andreescu, maybe a Slam final will be a bit of a different occasion. You know, she might get nervous. I know, obviously, Osaka didn't. And Oh, I don't know. There could be some terrible drama with the umpire again. We'll see. But yeah, just gone rogue with that one. Maybe. I mean, when would getting Serena Williams to win a Grand Slam ever be rogue? But you know, in this case, maybe it actually is. So, <laughs> so anyway, for our collector set, so we gave um, our listeners three male players earlier. So we've gone for three female players for this um, for the for the other half of the set. So everyone out there. Right. These are your three names. So tweet us your opinions about how far you think these players are going to get. So number one, we've already just discussed her. Bianca Andreescu. How far is she <laughs> going to go in this tournament? Number two, Sophia Kenin. Again, we've, you know, I've got both of these players in my semi-finals, And number three, Sue Wei Shea. Everyone's favorite, Sue Wei Shea. So that's Bianca Andreescu, Sophia Kenin and Sue Wei Shea. So tweet us at PassingShotPod or hashtag PassingShotPod. Let us know your thoughts. And then um, I guess if any of our listeners, you know, actually gets all of these right, or even maybe four of them right, that would be, you know, very, very impressive. And you'll get a special shout out from us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, looking at those three players that we we have come up with for our collector set, I mean, Kennen could face madison keys in yeah. the third round which would be very yeah. very tasty all-american battle uh keys you know one i think did she win the biggest title of her career in, in yeah. cincinnati yeah uh, that you know that could be a for kenan that could be and um, that could be an exit i don't know or that could be an exit for keys like i feel that's a genuine 50 50 matchup um we've we've spoken about sue wei shea who could come up against Serena Williams.
2: Um, yeah, that would you know, be, would third that be round. her own, so own it's, demise. It's just mad. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you look at the top eight seeds and who they might play, you know, we'll, we look at the quarterfinal, the projected lineup, and it's just I really fail to see how they're all going to get there because there is so much depth in the draw. <laughs> it's so strong; like there is just names popping out all over the place, and you think, my gosh. So, I think we're going to have probably some unseeded players making it into the quarters. I mean, whew, have you got your eye on anyone? Just, any,
1: any of the unseeded what, any players? Any unseeded
2: players? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, a net is seeded, so I don't know, perhaps Danielle Collins might make a run again. Ooh. Svetlana Kuznetsova, she's unseeded, but you know, she's playing like top 10 at the moment after her Cincinnati performance. It's just you know it's so difficult to I mean Venus Williams for Christ's sake she's she's unseeded but she's Venus Williams um, so you, you know it's just crazy. However, we will see. And also just a note on the US Open draws. Obviously, the single straws have come out, but the double straws will be um, coming out. I guess over the weekend. So we'll touch a little on those when we kind of begin our our regular roundly catch-ups during the tournament itself. But Joel, um, this week, we also have had some other tennis news happening going on. So we've had a tournament out in Winston-Salem. Uh, most notably, Andy Murray decided to play that one. He played tennis sangren in the first round, lost in two tight sets. Um, so again, another kind of fairly decent performance. Not nothing to be ashamed about.
1: No, Um Yes, I think it he had that match and it made him realize he can't go back straight in at ATP tour level and what he's done is drop down to the Challenger tour and he's already announced that he's going to play the Rafael Nadal Challenger in in Mallorca Kim which uh which you you must be happy and sad about because you you live well you've you've lived in Mallorca the majority of the last like, 18 months but you're not you're not there when it's when it's on
2: I know typical yeah I'm moving back there again like <laughs> about a month later than the tournament and it's like oh typical um but yeah it's a good little tournament I went to it last year I think I mentioned it on the pod a few times and I saw Bernard Tomic and you know budget players like Kenny DeShepa <laughs> for want of a better word um but yeah it would obviously be buzzing if Andy Murray um plays it which he will be uh so yeah next week and it, it'll be a good you know, boost for the tournament as well. because it's, you know, obviously at the academy. And I mean, it's great facilities. So, um, you know, Andy, I'm sure will appreciate that and hopefully get many more matches under his belt. Um But interestingly, he is actually going to be the first former world number one to compete at challenger level since Thomas Muster decided to do it in 2011. I mean, how old great would stat. Thomas Muster have been then? That must have been getting
1: on a bit. I mean, I didn't even realise Thomas Smith, I mean, apologies. Did you not uh, realise he was world letters. number one? <laughs> I did not realise that he, he had got to world number one. No, but, to be fair, uh, me
2: neither. He's not really, <laughs> doesn't really shout world number one when I think of him. Um, but, but yeah, I've, so that's what Andy Murray's going to be up to while the US Open's going on. So he's not going to play doubles, he's going to be out in Mallorca uh, in the lovely and sunshine uh playing some tennis but um yeah so winston salem i mean rublev's still going strong he's um continuing perhaps his good form that he showed in cincinnati when he beat federer um and jamie murray is in the doubles semi-finals and interestingly all the quarterfinals of the doubles featured a british player which i was quite pleased to see um and then we've also had the wta event out in the bronx uh Chong Wong is still going strong as a top seed and also Carolina Mukova. She reached the Wimbledon quarterfinals. We haven't even mentioned her. She could reach the US Open quarterfinals. You know, she's certainly a player uh, on the up. So yeah, plenty of tennis actually still going on this week as well. So that kind of brings us to a close for the moment. Uh, let's just have a quick ad break and then we'll be back shortly to talk tennis broadcasting.
1: So we're back and we've got a guest with us. We've got Lee, who is at Tennis on Telly on Twitter. Um, and he's going to talk to our listeners about how you can keep up to date with television coverage of the US Open if you're a UK watcher, because I know it's going on through the night. So you need to, you need to be up to date on everything. Um, but he's also going to talk about how uh, you can watch it um, in Europe and the US as well. Um, Lee, it's good to have you on. How are you doing? hi um, hi joel hi kim um i'm great thanks it's good to be back on the pod great stuff so obviously us open coming up um i think it's all on is it all on amazon prime is that correct for for uk watchers
0: yeah so if you're if you're here in the uk um as as we are um amazon prime have the exclusive rights it's the second year that amazon prime have had the exclusive rights to the us open um bigger and better than it was last year in my opinion they have qualifying which is on right now um, as we speak um, so the qualifying tournament being televised this year because it wasn't last year um, hopefully they will have coverage of all the courts um because last year again they didn't have uh coverage of all the courts um initially um so uh, yeah it's amazon prime is the place to go if you want to watch your us open um for those who don't have Amazon Prime yet, um, it costs five ninety nine a month, and most people, if they've not used it before, can usually get a thirty day trial if they sign up to um, to it. You know, so even if you don't want to have it for anything else, um, you can sign up to a thirty day trial, get the U.S. Open completely free. There's no, you know, you don't have to stick around and, and pay for anything really. Sounds like
2: pretty good value. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Six quid for the USA for and then you can stay exactly. all night
1: watching it. And they, they've updated their presenter
0: team, is that right? So the presenting team for um, Amazon Prime Video, you will have Catherine Whittaker, um, who is, you know, Prime Video's main presenter, um, has been doing it all since the start, basically. Um, she will be alongside uh, Daniela Hanchkova and Greg Gazetsky in their studio. Um, they will also have for the first time on Amazon Prime um, this year, they're gonna have be joined by John McEnroe, uh, Martina Navratilova and Tim Henman. So that's their sort of analyst team. Yeah, and then their commentary um, team will also consist of uh, Jim Courier, Annabelle Croft, uh, Mark Petchey, uh, one of my favorites, um, Mary Camillo who, um, who did some um, commentary with Eurosport recently, but is you know, better known in the USA. Uh, Pete Hodgers, who is a pretty much stalwart of the tennis commentary. Uh, Marcus Buckland, who you may remember, was the main presenter on Sky's uh, ATP coverage uh, of tennis. He is joining Prime for the US Open, presenting their highlights show. And um, Carthy, I can never say her last name, which is really going to annoy me. Um, But you'll know Carthy as a presenter at uh, the US Open last year, of their highlights package last year. And she's um, been working on um, BBC Radio coverage as well.
1: Yeah, and... For our listeners uh, who are outside the UK, maybe they're in Europe or in the US, um, how can they keep up to date uh, with the US Open?
0: So um, Eurosport, who used to have the rights to um, show the US Open here in the UK and also in Ireland, they still have the rights to the US Open everywhere else in Europe. So they will have um, the coverage across their main Eurosport 1 and Eurosport 2 channels and um, coverage on Eurosport Player um of every court um as they have done for the last i don't know how many years um but Eurosport, if you're if you're over in europe um is the place to be for us open and for uh, american
1: listeners as well did you say there's a, there was a website there's a really good website
0: yeah it's kind of like the equivalent of my website but for for us listeners um it's called uh, tenniswatchers.com um it's run by a great guy um tj who runs that um and they have details of all the coverage throughout the year um on american tv but um espn networks uh showing the us open over in the usa so i think that includes their main channels and their streaming service
2: so, Lee, obviously you're like the expert on tennis, on telly, as it's in the name. Um, what do you make of the you know, criticism that Prime kind of faced, um, especially over that Andy Murray doubles um, controversy
0: when they said they were going to
2: show the match and then they didn't? Yeah. What, what do you make so, of their
0: coverage over the summer? So, I mean, I can see that they've made improvements to their coverage since they... Um, first sort of ventured into it with a um, couple of the summer tournaments last year and the US Open last year um, I think was a big eye-opener for them in terms of what people expected of their coverage you know they didn't have the qualifying they didn't have coverage of every core last year um, so they face a lot of criticism for that they have made subtle and slight improvements with things as they've gone on I think they've brought those changes in sort of gradually without sort of doing a big overhaul um, so Especially recently with um, at the Montreal tournament, they introduced some new navigation. Um, they now list every match separately. Um, that's caused a bit of confusion when it, it comes to sort of finding the main coverage, um, because quite often there'll be an option of two ways to watch it, either two different commentary teams or one with commentary and one without and Prime will put them their, their commentators on the main coverage and then you may have sort of what they call a world feed or court feed commentator on the second stream and that may not always even be there so the final in Montreal didn't have commentary on the additional stream um, it was only on the stream, and people had trouble finding that but yeah you mentioned um, a couple of occasions where they've listed matches on the site which haven't actually been shown. So the the situation with the Murray doubles in Washington, um, they advertised all day that they were going to be showing Andy and Jamie and Murray playing doubles in Washington, and then it didn't happen. Now, the reason for that is because... The match was originally scheduled on the second court with a caveat that it may be moved to the main court. Now, it was only ever going to get shown on TV if it was on the main court. Um, They had rain delays in the morning. Um, They didn't move the match to the main court and therefore it didn't get shown. So I think there was a bit of a lesson learned for Amazon there, not to advertise a match if you can't guarantee that you're going to show it. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But it also happened again this week with um, Dan Evans' match in Winston-Salem, the match that he lost uh, and went out in. That was advertised only sort of just before the match was supposed to happen because um, it was waiting on the result of um, I think it was Steve Johnson's match. He was due to play Steve Johnson, um, but it was only known that he would play Steve Johnson until a couple of hours before because his match got held over from the night before. So as soon as sort of Steve Johnson won his first round match, they then advertised or listed it on their website that they would be showing Dan Evans versus Steve Johnson. And, but that wasn't on the main court, so that didn't actually get shown. So people were trying to find it and, and it was listed as being there and sort of hours after it had started, it was still showing as not having started so um again i think it was the same situation where they had um expected to show a match but for whatever reason the match that they were going to show wasn't actually available to be shown and and that's not amazon prime's fault um well, it is their fault for sort of listing matches that are not shown, but it's not their fault that they're not being shown in the first place because, you know, it's it's making it's the ATP making those courts, uh, making that match coverage available to broadcasters such as Prime and elsewhere around the world. And, you know, depend on the level of the tournament will depend on whether those courts are shown. So at 250 level, you pretty much only get centre court singles matches. Um, at 500 level you might get a few outside court matches but still pretty much only singles and it's only really at the Masters level where you get full court coverage of all the matches that are taking place on all the courts
1: and just finally on the subject of um, Amazon Prime there's been some other updates as well with next season and and WTA rights? Yes that's right
0: so um, it was sort of speculated on for a while and then um, a few sort of months back i think in may it was announced that um, prime video will be taking the rights to the wta tour for the uk from january so they'll no longer be on bt Sport. so if you only watch tennis on bt sport and that's the only reason why you have bt sport subscription you may as well cancel that from the end of september because once the sort of the world tour the, the world tour finals the, the WTA, sorry the wta finals take place in october that will be the end of tennis coverage on bt Um, at least for the next five years. Um, So you have to give 30 days notice to cancel BT Sport. So you do that at the end of September. That's ready for when the season ends in October. Um, The other impact of that, which we found out just recently, is that the WTA TV service, which is the WTA sort of, they call it an over the top service, it's direct from the WTA, that won't be accessible in the UK from January either. So some people found this out because they were trying to renew their subscriptions for the new season, because um, it's around about a year sort of since it launched, or two years since it launched, it's around the anniversary of when it launched. So people were trying to renew for the next season, found that they couldn't take out a year's subscription, they could only do it monthly. Um, so we made some inquiries and it turns out that it's not going to be available in the UK from January. So what that means is that uh, Amazon Prime will be the only place where people in the UK will be able to watch the WTA.
1: Interesting. Yeah, because Amazon Prime, we know it's becoming a big a big player in the tennis TV market in the category. And yeah, I think there is the quantity of matches is going to go up next season. Let's just hope. The quality of the product and the kind of coverage of it
0: um, kind of uh, follows the that upward that upward curve as well. Yeah, I mean, I see I see it as a positive in that you know everything will be in one place. It will be significantly cheaper um, than it has been over the last sort of few years to watch all of the tennis because pretty much all of the tennis throughout the year will either be on one of three places. It will be on Amazon Prime for the tour and the U.S. Open. It'll be on Eurosport for the French Open and for the Australian Open, which you can subscribe to Eurosport player through Amazon Prime. So you're sort of using the same sort of service to get that additionally. It um, means it's all in the same place. And then the only the only other thing is Wimbledon on the BBC, which is free. So, you know, if you've got like an Amazon Fire Stick or um, a games console or something like that, which has Amazon in it and has BBC iPlayer in it, it's all on the same place. Um, so throw away the Skybox, throw away your cable subscription, because you can get it all in, in one place and it'll be a lot cheaper. Now, don't do that because, you know, I'm sure there's many other things that people are interested in apart from tennis. <laughs>
1: No, that's really interesting. And it's, it's good to have you on the show, keeping our fans updated on how they can watch the US Open and all the latest kind of TV developments. I'm sure we'll have you back on the pod uh, at, at a later point in time. Um, but for now, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. No worries. Um, I think, Kim, that is um, our due uh, to wrap up this uh, US Open 2019 preview. For our listeners, actually, we will be back uh, recapping uh, the u s open on a round by round schedule, follow us on twitter we'll kind of be we'll keep you posted on how our schedule is going to be over the next couple of weeks from Monday. but rest assured, we will be here ready to catch up on um, all the all the major goings on at, at the u s open so I hope you can join us um, in the meantime. Uh, thanks for listening um, If you really enjoyed listening to the passing shot. Remember to leave us a rating uh, or a comment on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe to us as well. And if you really enjoy it, tell your friends. Uh, We'd really love to have more listeners. So if you've got any uh, other tennis fans you think will be interested in the podcast, let them know. Uh, But for now, uh, from me and Kim, thanks for listening and goodbye.